Well, hi, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. And today, in today's episode, I wanna talk about something that um, we're facing right now as a culture. Today's episode is about whether or not Christians should participate in boycotts. Um, now, boycotts are not anything that's new, but recently, especially amongst conservatives and including a lot of conservative Christians, there have been some boycotts that have sort of been big news. And so if you've been paying attention, this sort of started with Bud Light um, and Bud Light uh, put on their can uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who's a YouTube influencer and social media influencer, um, a trans person, so in other words, a guy that presents himself as a girl. Um, they put him on the Bud Light can. People were not happy about this. It not only felt off brand, it felt like it was promoting something that maybe for us as Christians, we would have said, well, this is, you know, this is something that we don't want promoted because we think that it's immoral and other people might've not thought it was immoral, but just would have thought like, this is just delusional. Why are we promoting this delusional person? Um, had a big impact on Bud Light stock. They sort of went into free fall and went into damage control mode. And I think are still in that damage control mode. And then not long after that, Target got hit. And Target got hit because there were different things that they put out during Pride Month that some people objected to, but also because some of the stuff they were putting out for Pride Month was very overtly satanic. And there was a tie-in to the Pride gear with satanic groups. And so there was people that pushed back against that. Target sort of got back on their heels about that. And then not long after that, the Dodgers got hit in some different ways because the Dodgers for their Pride Night, which as I'm recording this, it, this was just a few days ago that the Pride Night actually happened. Um, as part of that, they decided to invite and honor a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, who's a drag queen group who openly mocks Christians and in particular Catholics. There was pushback against this and so the Dodgers disinvited them. Then there was pushback from the other side and so the Dodgers reinvited them. Um, when they had the night where they honored them, there was a whole bunch of protests and a stadium that was mostly empty and had sort of mixed... Um, response to the group. And, and so part of the odd thing about this is that lately, I'd say over the past seven or eight years, it seemed like if there's been anything that's related to a boycott or anything that we might even put under the category of cancel culture, um, that's been typically sort of a, a left, um, left of center thing in our politics that we've thought of. And yet recently we've had some more right of center boycotts. Some of them, not all of them overtly Christian boycotts, but certainly ones that include Christians and in particular conservative Christians. Um, and this has put us in an interesting space because not only did these boycotts happen, but they seem to be successful. They seem to move the needle at least in some way. And so what I wanna talk about in here is that some of us might respond to this and say, hey, we, we'd been missing the boat. We need to do this as Christians. We need to do this because this is a way that we stand up in our culture. Others um, are definitely more in the anti-boycott crowd, either because they feel like this is um, contentious unnecessarily or just because it's ineffective. So let me kind of talk it through. And he here's the way that I want to talk it through. Um, first to say, um, I think there are three reasons why we might consider a boycott or might consider at the very least deciding I am not going to participate with this company. I'm not going to buy from this company. I, I'm not going to engage with this company. There might be three reasons why we would think through and end up doing this. Um, and the first reason is this. The first reason would be um, I'm going to boycott this company because I don't want to become unclean 
by participating in something that they're doing because they're supporting immoral activity in some ways. And so the line of reasoning would sort of be, all right, that they're doing something that's evil or they're associated with something that's evil. So because of that, I don't want to be associated with them. Um, now, some of you who are hearing this might think, all right, this is a bad argument. And, and I am going to critique this argument, but this is not a crazy thing. Um, when we think about the idea of what we're associated with, there is such a thing as guilt by association, and, and not just accidentally, but sometimes what we're participating in, even if we are not actively the ones doing the evil, we still bear some responsibility for the evil being done because we are supporting it. Um, sometimes, especially those of us who are more conservative Christians, people talk about systemic evil. Many of us roll our eyes. Systemic evil is a real thing. There are really structures that can be set up that end up leading to evil being done and participation in that is a problem. Um, others, my, uh, others, as we talk about this, might sort of feel like, oh, okay, well, you, you could swing on the other side. And part of the difficulty of this is that we'd say, all right, if, if I'm not going to participate in anything that's associated with anything evil, I'm not sure where that leaves me. I'm not sure if there's anything that's, that's totally pure and totally clean that I can participate in. Um, thankfully, Scripture actually gives us some what, what I think is really helpful guidance on this subject, um, especially in passages in 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 that talk about a subject that was going on in the first century church, and that was the question of, are we allowed to eat food, meat, that has been sacrificed to idols? Um, and this was a controversy because some Christians were saying, hey, this meat was used in order to honor an idol, a false god. That is something that's evil. I don't want to participate in that evil by eating the meat that was offered there. So it's not a crazy thing to, to, to think. Other people just sort of shrugged their shoulders at it and said, meat is meat, meat doesn't really matter. And Paul says at the end of the day, well, the, the second group is the one who's technically right. Meat is meat, it doesn't really matter. You don't, you don't, you're not doing something evil by eating meat, regardless of what was done with that meat. So there sort of is a bottom line answer that says, all right, you, you don't become unclean. You don't become sinful by participating in something that has an association with something that's sinful. But Paul then goes on to be more nuanced about how he walks through it. And he says, if somebody comes to you and says, this meat that you're about to eat, or this meat that I'm about to sell you was sacrificed to an idol, Paul says, in that case, don't eat it. And the reason you don't eat it is in part because there might be somebody else who's watching it, another believer who's watching this and is going to be confused or is going to be troubled by the fact that you eat this. But also, he says, don't do this for your own conscience. So, so the idea seems to be this. The idea seems to be don't partake in something that has a direct connection to evil. Now, if it has an indirect connection to evil, Paul basically says, hey, just don't act, just move on with your life. You're in the marketplace, you're buying from somewhere, and you know some of the meat that this guy sells was sacrificed to idols, some of it isn't. You don't need to ask. He just says, just take the meat, don't worry about it. If somebody tells you, hey, specifically, this is what's happening here, that's when you avoid it. And so we could think about this right now and to think, okay, I'll take the Target example. Um, Somebody could say, hey, I am not going to shop at Target at all because I don't like the fact that they're promoting something that's immoral. And that's fine if they want to do that. But somebody else might say, all right, well, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to buy any of the products that specifically are associated with evil because that would directly go in, in order to support those who are um, 
furthering uh, evil in the world, confusion in our world with, with gender issues, with homosexuality issues, with satanic issues. So, so you could say, oh, okay, and that, that seems like a much safer ground to be on. So they might say, all right, I am going to go into Target. I'm still going to shop at Target, but I'm not going to buy anything from the section that specifically is promoting evil things. But then somebody else can make the argument, hey, but by supporting Target in any way, some of that money is going to go to certain things that are wrong or that are immoral. And they would be right. And you could say that really about many companies that we do. In some ways, you could say that even about paying taxes. And in some ways, you could say that even about many of the charities that you might give to. You might give to a charity and you might say, all right, this is a good charity. I don't know. Let's say it's something that this is not an example I have insider information on. But let's say you're given to Habitat for Humanity and you're like, this is great. Giving people houses, making homes. But then you find out, well, well, now they have this special project that they're doing where a bunch of the homes are going specifically like to gay couples. And then you're like, well, I don't know. Am I somehow participating in sin by helping people be able to be able to live together in an immoral way? You, you can end up in a position where you could end up not doing anything because there's always an association. So Paul's guidance seems to be, hey, if there's a direct connection, if you're like this money that I'm giving right here is directly going to somebody's gender reassignment surgery, then he's like, well, don't do that. Don't get involved in that. But if you're saying, all right, I'm I'm patronizing an organization and I know that some of the money goes, goes towards things that I think are great and some of the money goes towards things that I don't think are, are great, Paul sort of says, just, just don't ask, just move on with that. So, so here's the bottom line on this. If we are saying, I'm going to boycott companies because I don't want to be made unclean by association with them, what I would say is that's probably not going to lead us to boycott very frequently because it is less frequent that we're in a situation where we have to boycott in order to avoid directly giving to something that's evil. Um, but here's the second reason why you might boycott. You might boycott, not because you're saying I'm, I'm going to be made unclean objectively, but because you just have a conscience issue. And you say, my conscience tells me not to do this, not to shop here, not to participate in this. And Romans 14 talks a good bit about this, um, talks about disputable matters. So it's, it's putting it in the category of saying, these are issues that not all Christians are going to have the same convictions of. But he basically says, if, if your conscience is leading you in a certain direction, listen to your conscience. Don't, don't violate your conscience. Um, it's possible that later on you'll gain some more knowledge and gain some more information and end up changing your mind a little bit on this, but, but just follow your conscience. Don't violate your conscience. And so here's where this leads this. This leads us to a point where we might say, all right, I'm not necessarily leading a boycott but I'm participating sort of in a, in a private boycott. So somebody might say, hey, I, I personally am not gonna shop at Target anymore. I don't think it's something that every Christian needs to follow me in this, but I don't feel okay about it in my spirit and in my conscience. I feel like God is leading me in this direction, so I'm just going to avoid this right now. That's a very healthy Christian way to participate in something like this. And in fact, I think most of us have things like this and it's healthy to even notice like, All right, I, I, this isn't something that I'm asking everybody to do. Um, I remember back when I was in high school, there was a girl that, that me and a couple of my friends knew and uh, she, um, she did some modeling for Calvin Klein. And uh, she told some stories about the kinds of behavior that went on when she was doing modeling for Calvin Klein. And I, I don't know that I had ever like been offered a Calvin Klein piece of clothing, um, but I right then and then and there knew I, I'm never buying anything from Calvin Klein because it just mortified me that the kind of behavior and the kind of way this, this 
16 year old girl was treated in all of these different ways. Um, do I think that every Christian needs to boycott Calvin Klein? I don't. Um, for me personally, I was just like, yeah, well, it, and it also wasn't a very difficult thing to do. Maybe in the same way that it's not a very difficult thing for me to not have Bud Light because I've never had a Bud Light before. So I was kind of like, all right, low cost. I feel this way in my conscience. I'm just going to go ahead and move on this. So, so you might boycott because you say, all right, I, I don't want to be made unclean. I'm just going to say it's going to be the rare case that that's actually the right thing to do or the objective thing to do. Um, we might boycott because we say my conscience is just telling me not to do this. That's fine. But in that case, you're not leading a boycott. You're just participating in more of a private abstinence from something. Um, the third reason why we might boycott is, is the big reason why we might boycott, and that is to send a message to people, to send a message. People sent a message to Bud Light, and the message, at least in some ways, was received. At least the message that was received was, our customers do not like that we did this. Now, they may have to sort through all the whys and all the hows and what they do as, as a response to that, but a message was received. A message was received by Target. Maybe a message was received by the Dodgers. We're, we're not totally sure on all of that. But the idea is to say, we are going to send a message to this company, to this person, to this artist, to, to, to whatever it is. We're going to send a message to them that we disapprove of this immoral or godless behavior. Now, once again, some will look at this and they'll say, we live in a secular society. We're not living in a Christian country. So people are allowed to do these things. And that's absolutely right. They are allowed. It is not illegal for them to do these things. But what we're also allowed to do is we are also allowed to send them a message that we think these things are bad. We think these things should not be normalized or celebrated in our society. So Dodger Stadium has absolute freedom to invite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence there. They are absolutely free to do that. And Dodger fans are absolutely free to say, we're upset about this. We don't like this. We're not giving you, you our money if you're going to do things like this. And so part of this, and, and some might say, well, well, that's not leading anybody to Christ. Probably not directly. Pro probably a boycott is not going to lead to direct conversions. That's absolutely true. I think what it does, though, is as we look to live as salt and light in our community, part of what we look to do is we look to uphold the good. We look to celebrate the good, and we look to help our culture celebrate the good and not what's bad. So it, it's not right to sort of look at this and say there's no value to this. There is some actual value to this. In, in fact, there have been times throughout um, Christian history where Christians have participated in boycotts of some kind, and now for most of us, we look back on it and say that was a good thing. Um, so William Wilberforce, who was really instrumental in ending the slave trade in England and then ultimately ending slavery in England, one of the things that he did as a strategy in this is he led a sugar boycott because a lot of the sugar that was being received by England um, was being received through plantations where there were slaves. And so there was a successful boycott against sugar that hurt the people who were making it to send a message, we don't want this. We don't want sugar that is begotten of immoral and unjust activity. In the same ways, in our own country, when we think of the civil rights movement, especially associated with Martin Luther King Jr., there were many boycotts, whether it was related to buses or if it was related um, or if it was related to, to restaurants where they would have the, you know, the coloreds only section and the whites only section. Um, there were people that went in and boycotted or protested that 
And largely, most of us look back on that and we say that was good and that was successful. That was a peaceful way of demonstrating we believe this is immoral and we're not going to support you if you're doing something that's immoral. It moved the needle. And you could say, well, did any of those protests, did, did the boycott um, that William Wilberforce led against sugar, did that bring any conversions? Um, did the bus boycott that Martin Luther King Jr. led, did that lead to any conversions? And the answer is, well, we don't know. It would be hard to say because of that specific thing, a conversion happened. We still think it brought good into society and it may have down the line led to more people coming to Christ. Number one, because they were seeing justice upheld. And number two, because they ended up then because of some of those things being in an atmosphere where biblical values were more strongly held to. And so they got exposed to them and came to faith in Jesus. So, so it's not right on the one hand to say, hey, boycotts are going to be what turns all of this around and makes us a Christian state. No, it's not. But it's also not right to sort of shrug our shoulders and just cast this off as if it makes no difference. Now, when we think of the things being boycotted currently in our culture, you know, the Bud Light, the Target, the Dodgers, all, all that kind of stuff, um, it, it, it's similar but not quite the same as the issues with Wilberforce and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and it's the, the reasons it's not quite the same is because we look at this and say, people aren't being oppressed in the same way. It's, it's not a justice issue in quite the same way that, that somebody is being exploited in the way that slaves or that black people in our country were being exploited. Um, the, the common ground, though, that we might find is we might say, all right, this is promoting godlessness. Um, if we're supporting sla slavery, we are supporting an immoral, godless activity. If we are supporting gender reassi reassignment for anyone, let alone for children, we are supporting a godless, immoral activity. And so the, the common ground would be us saying, hey, we want to make a statement to our culture that we think this thing that they're calling good is actually bad is actually harmful, is actually wrong, is actually godless. So that would be the reasoning before it. And, and so here's where this leaves us. This leaves us at a place where for some of us, we have sort of brushed off the boycotts. Been like, what are these people doing? What do they think that this changes? This is just a culture war activity. This is just making people mad. What's even the point? Some of us that might have more of that attitude, we need to prayerfully take a look and say, Am I missing an opportunity to try to champion God's good will in the place that he's called me to because either I'm too lazy to change my shopping habits or because I just shrug my shoulders or because I don't want people mad at me? Now, on the other side, there might be some who right now are just saying, boycott, 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 like, like we're just, we're going to find the next thing to boycott. And part of what I want to warn in this is, it's important within this not to assume that God is calling everyone to do what you are being called to do. If you feel like, you know, I, I am really feeling led by the Lord to go strong on this, and I'm going to start avoiding a lot of companies and, and promoting information about a lot of companies that are doing things that I think are immoral, maybe God has called you to do that. He hasn't necessarily called everyone else to do that. And there's going to be a strong temptation towards judgmentalism. There's going to be a strong temptation to see anybody who's not handling it the way that you're handling it as somebody who is not standing up for what's right or not standing up for what's good. Um, I just want to say, if, if you're looking at this and you're like, but I got to stand up for what's good, individual conversations with your friends, your neighbors, your children, your grandchildren, 
the people around you, those conversations are going to go way further on actual changing somebody's mind than a boycott will, at least in the short term. So not everybody is going to be called to the same thing. So however we're proceeding in this, I think it's important that we have an attitude of trying to evaluate what's going on, but also an attitude of charity toward one another. If you're sort of like, I don't feel called to do any of this boycott stuff, I'm still going to Target and I'm going to get my stuff and I'm just not going to worry about it. That may be perfectly fine. Don't judge or despise the person that's like, I'm never shopping at Target again. On the other hand, if you're like, I'm never shopping at Target again, don't condemn the person who's saying, uh, I'm not going to buy any of the stuff that that's the pride stuff or the satanic stuff. I'm not doing any of that, but I'm still shopping at Target. Don't condemn that person. This is a disputable matter where we can be on different sides of this and be handling this in different ways. So make sure that you seek God's will and be asking him specifically what he's calling you to do, not what he's calling everybody to do. Um, and secondly in this, and this is really important, make sure if you're participating in a boycott of any kind, private or more public, um, make sure that you can clearly artic articulate what you're fighting for. Um, it's much easier to see something that's wrong and to know it's wrong and to see it as wrong and to identify it as wrong. And, and there's something good in that. There's something good at looking at all of the stuff that's going on here with, with all the transgenderism and with the gender reassignment surgery and with the hormones and all that and say, that's bad. Absolutely right. That is bad. Are you clear on the good that we're wanting to uphold? And amongst many things, part of the good that we're looking to uphold is we are looking to uphold a positive vision of manhood and womanhood, of masculinity and femininity, of, of having some clarity on the fact that it's good to be a man in this world and there's something positive that men bring, and it's good to be a woman in this world and there's something positive that women bring. It, do you have a vision for the good that we are looking to not just preserve, but uphold in our culture? If we don't have something positive that we're pointing towards, where we're saying we're against this because this threatens this beautiful thing, God's good order, us being able to see God clearly as male and female created in his image. If we don't have the good that we're championing, then I think a lot of the boycotts just come off once again as Christians being against certain things. We are against certain things. We are against slavery. We, we are against exploitation. We are against abortion. We are against transgenderism as an ism. We are against those things, and rightfully so. But it's because we're for God's good will and God's will to be known to everyone and for everyone to repent and come to a knowledge of the truth and be set free from the lies that are in this world and instead to have a deep abiding relationship with God where we're his children and we're brought into his family. Make sure that you have in, the, in your mind the good that you're looking to champion and not just the evil that you're looking to oppose. And then finally, and this is, this is something that I think should be a mantra for us in our culture right now, um, be, be hostile toward the idea, be gentle toward the person. I think that it is totally legitimate to be hostile toward the idea of transgenderism and yet be gentle to anybody that's dealing with any kinds of gender confusion issues. In the same way that I think that it's appropriate to be hostile towards abortion as an idea and as a practice, and at the same time be gentle towards those that either have had abortions or those that feel very strongly that they want to keep abortion around. We can be hostile towards ideas and we can be gentle toward people. And I think Jesus models this in many ways and we get to follow 
his, his example on that. Um, so there you go. There's some words on how we as Christians handle boycotts. Once again, some of you might feel like I, I want more info or I have a question or, or I have some pushback on this or I want to know about this situation or I want to know more about the sort of direct and indirect associations. Um, if you have any of those thoughts or questions, I'd love to engage with that. Um, so I always love to look, go back and look at the comments that people have left on previous podcast episodes. You can find this and every podcast that we uh, episode that we post um, on our YouTube channel for Life Bible Fellowship Church and also on our website, lbf.church. So leave a question, leave a comment. I'll go back and I'll engage with you if that's going to be something that's fruitful. We put out these episodes every two weeks, so we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Um, I'll look forward to being with you then. Until then, thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you next time on The Christian Contrast. Mm-hmm.